What's up, Unusuals? Jim Martin here from the Unusual Buddha podcast and theunusualbuddha.com. Here to talk to you for a second about Anchor. Uh, it's the service I use to make this very podcast. Uh, first and foremost, it's free. Secondly, they give you tools you can actually record and edit your podcast either from your phone or from a computer. Uh, Anchor also helps with distribution of your podcast. Uh, they can get you on Apple and Spotify, all those. Uh, you can start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need all in one place. So check them out. It's anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to see what you create. But uh, but yeah, I figured this was a really cool way to use this, and it was something I hadn't seen anybody do. And I went like six pages deep into a Google search looking for, has anybody done this this way? So far, I haven't haven't found anybody. So like I was telling my friends, it's, like, it's either going to be awesome or it's going to be awful. And I'm not really sure which. Is there a reason why nobody else has done this before? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So either we're paving a new way, or mm-hmm. the, we've we've stumbled into something that somebody already realized is not going to work. I would imagine the reality is going to be somewhere in the middle. You know, yeah, it's 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 it's, uh, it's going to be uh, really good with some moments of fucking <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Hey, Unusuals. Welcome to the Unusual Buddha Podcast. This week, I think we have something pretty special for you guys. At least, I think so. We're always looking for ways to kind of fuck things up. (laughs) We're always looking for ways to maybe fuck up more boldly than we have before. It keeps things interesting. We are pot stirrers. That's kind of our thing. That's what we do. Um, We decided to move our podcast over to our Discord in the hopes that it would be more of a live event, more of an active conversation, something that you can participate in in real time. Yeah, we can revisit on recording, but you can be there as it happens, when it happens, and, and interact with the process of, of those things that we're doing. Because I think we try our best to recognize that, that we're all longing for sanctuary. We we're all longing for community. We are each in our own way found deeply in the throes of our vast and furious longing for home. But I think we realize that, that sanctuaries are built. Communities are created. Home is something that we have to make. These are all things that are founded rather than just simply found. And they they don't arrive to us fully formed or ready at hand. They require time and patience. And they come to us with the understanding that we cannot be patient alone. It's hard out there. It's hard for all of us in all our unique ways. And that binds us together in a special, important way. And we want to create spaces where those communities can become something, spaces where you don't have to be patient alone. I think we're each blindly searching the dark in the hopes of touching something unknown, something unknown in the depths of who we are, but we know that it's there. And I think it's things like art and religion and poetry and definitely spirituality that are our means of inhabiting that longing that abides in our experience of being of being alive. 
because I think each of these things demonstrate that although we've managed to put our hands on some small part of that infinite that rests in the depths of who we are, we are still inescapably incapable of fully understanding our own experiences of that experience of being alive, of being here, of simply being. And we need community and fellowship, discourse and dialogue, deeply rich conversations and compassionately wide open hearts. And that's what we're hoping to do in all of our ventures, but especially in this new podcasting format. And so Jim Martin sits down with teacher and practitioner Gary Sanders. Gary is an amazing guy. I've followed him on social media for a long time. He always has something helpful and insightful to bring to the table. I love who he is and what he's about. They have a great conversation about practice, especially compassionate practices, meta practices towards the world, towards ourselves, towards people that are difficult to be compassionate to. And I got a lot out of this and I hope you will too. So without any further ado, Jim Martin and Gary Sanders. Enjoy guys. All right, Unusuals, here we are, Jim Martin from TheUnusualBuddha.com, uh, coming to you with The Unusual Buddha Podcast. We are actually live uh, for the both of you that showed up. Thank you very much. Uh, great great to have you. Uh, if you guys have any questions later on, uh, save those. We will definitely uh, get to those. Uh, you'll be able to see an icon at the bottom of your screen, uh, and you'll be able to request to talk, and uh, we'll have you in. As long as you say very nice things to, to Gary, then you can continue to stay. If not, you uh, you have to go. You have to go. So uh, we are joined here with, uh, like I said, Gary Sanders, uh, and I keep messing up your your website. I want to say .org at the end all the time, and that is not correct, yeah. but it's bouncehard.net. <laughs> Maybe I'll still do it. Although, you know, if anybody's listening to this later and reserves that website, uh, I will find you in, in uh Harm you. In, I'll, in, uh, in, uh, I'll, I'll just scold you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Domain squatting is not nice. Don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I actually put out a video earlier trying to like credit you or, or, or trying to you know hype it up a little bit. And uh, I said I recorded four times and I said .org four times. So like I said, it's uh, boundlessheartdharma.com. This is Gary Sanders, uh, probably one of the, the the top people I can think of when you're talking about Buddhist recovery teachers. Um, and I gotta say, um, a really good example of a teacher who is one well educated in in the the you know the whole uh, in the dharma and in in you know the wordings and using the pronunciations but also i uh, got to say not a douche you don't seem like a douche on the radio so i'm, I'm or on the podcast so i'm really excited about this this is really good isn't that one of the benefits of of the path didn't, didn't i think the buddha said you know that well and specifically the the benefits of metta practice right you wake easier you um you sleep better animals and, and devas and, and or humans and animals will love you devas will protect you and you won't be a douche it's uh yeah it's definitely in there i read that that's um i can't <laughs> cite the uh the sutta that comes from but yes i'm sure it's there um yeah i gotta say it's it's nice because uh, a lot of stuff that's been coming up and uh, i don't know how active you are on twitter but uh you know there's a lot of people that are having the same kind of experience that even though buddhism is supposed to be this um you know, loving and accepting um, sort of uh, path and, and, and sort of thing, 
there's a lot of people that are really dry or are really, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say like maybe obtuse. I don't want to be too uh, too too graphic or too uh, you know over the top uh, slamming them or dragging them or whatever. But uh, there's a lot of people that just don't help new people with this. And that's regardless of whether you're, uh, you know, looking for recovery or you just want to learn. And I feel like that's 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 just doing a disservice to the whole thing, you know. There, there's, there is definitely a lot of that that I've run into through the years. And I'm sorry if my cat keeps hitting a toy that's making noise. No problem, no problem. Across the room, I got a little kid. Please, please have forgiveness and compassion for Lilith, the the twelve uh, week old kitten who's quite playful um but lilith we love you (laughs) she's she is wonderful but she is a handful um man yeah you know the people that i've met along the way have you know there is a big thing about like the gatekeepers you know the ones that yes that that, that hold these secrets hold these teachings to themselves and and then they 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 kind of i don't know i suppose like judge you or, or or you know have these these goals or, or these expectations on you that you have to reach before, you know, things are, are, are shared with you. And, you know, and I suppose there's, well, there's certainly room for that. Um, and, and, and maybe there's a value to that, but, but that's definitely not what attracts me. You know, I, the, the teachers and the people that I've been attracted to are the ones that, well, number one, and this is something that we've been kind of talking about, like promoting this leading up to this, uh, people have fun with this stuff. Those are the people I want to learn from and, and, and be with. And the, yeah. the, the people that that exude, that model the qualities, um, the benefits of their practice of not just, you know, uh, uh, levity and, 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 and humor, but, but you know, the, the quality of their presence, the, the, the level of, you know, happiness and, and, and you know, and deep acceptance as well. And, and um, you know, and, and so that's what attracts me. And I, you know, and there's others that are attracted to the real dry academic, um, yeah. you know, cerebral people. And so there, yeah, there's, there's room for all of it. I, I just, oh, I just think life's too short it, to, to, yeah. to be a stick in totally the mud agree. And, 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 and be greedy and hold these things to yourself and, and, you know, be all reserved. Like, man, I got, I got Absolutely. And that's, and that's one of the things that's, um, that's kind of strange to see with the Dharma and how things are going, uh, I wouldn't say that, you know, I've just been at this a while. I wouldn't say that I'm, uh, you know, well networked or anything like that. I just have happened to cross people. But, um, you know, if you search like meditation or Buddhism or Dharma on uh, Twitter, you see a lot of people that are actually having negative experiences. And that kind of makes me sad. And it's actually reminiscent of why I jumped in and started doing things like the unusual Buddha and, um, you know, just trying to make people laugh and have fun with it and take sort of the ego factor out of it all. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, you know? Yeah, I, well, yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's just part of the path to go through, um, you know, times, uh, um, you know, situations, like internal, um, what would you call it? Um, well, just there, there are times in the path, certainly for me, you know, especially early on, I went through really difficult periods as I was like, you know, diving deep and, and really getting yeah. deep into my conditioning and getting deep into my, I suppose my trauma and, and, you know, and uprooting that stuff. And, and, and it wasn't real fun, but, you know, I'm thankful that I had uh, teachers and, and people around me that had already gone through it and encouraged me to keep going. 
you know um so yeah there's so i i have a lot of compassion for the people that are really struggling early on because you know that's the thing we, we we come to the i i don't know about you but i came to this practice i came to the cushion out of absolute desperation you know nothing else was working i mean i was just suffering so much and and just you know coming back to buddhism again and again because you know, trying all these other things and, and, and just my, you know, my level of suffering just got worse and worse and worse. And so, yeah, that's the thing, you know, and wherever I've started groups and held space, you know, there's, there's a lot of new people that come in and, and I, um, well, yeah, of course I want them to have fun and, and, and find a benefit in these practices in this path. But then, you know, and also just knowing like they're coming in with a lot of baggage and a lot of, a lot of heavy stuff. And yeah. And, uh, and, and, and and I think it really helps me that I remember so well what it was like before. I remember being completely in my head all the time in judgment, completely uncomfortable in my skin, just hating everything, judging everything that I didn't said, you know, just constantly in my head. Um, I, I remember very clearly uh, on, a, on a somatic level, I remember what that was like. So, and I, and I think that helps me too. Um, you know, whether it's helps me, you know, just to continue on my own path, but, you know, help me to, to connect to others in, in, you know, in the very the different realms that I, you know, that I teach in and share the Dharma in. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, like, uh, um, it's easier to be compassionate going through something that you, you are seeing somebody go through something that you are, have in fact gone through yourself. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. So I did want to. I did want to talk a little bit about your uh, your your path. So I did uh, I did cheat or I don't know cheat. I guess I did good homework uh, for once. I don't usually do a lot of good homework uh, on a guest. So uh, <laughs> I sat down and and I listened to a few podcasts. You listened to a few Dharma talks you gave. Um, and uh, um, I I did want to ask you about. So your your background. Your parents were Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Yeah, and still are Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they, they still I was, are. I was born into it, which is a there's there's I don't know. I suppose, you know, in, in some of the people that I work with that are ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, there's a, a, a big diff, a, a big thing where, you know, if you were lived a regular life for a while and then and then your parents became Jehovah's Witnesses and you were brought into it. Uh, and or and then there's the people that like me that were just born into it and never got to experience. You know, I never got to experience holidays and birthdays and, um, oh, wow. you know, playing extracurricular sports or, you know, anything like that uh, in, in school. So, yeah, um, I would uh, just to make, to, to boil that whole experience down is I, you know, I was religiously abused, um, you know, growing up, uh, I, I, I love my parents and I'm, I'm still connected to them. And I think they, they found their religion out of their level of suffering. They found, they found some relief in, you know, uh, finding a religion that's, um, delusional and and narcissistic and um and and demanding and, yeah you know, um and, and you know and that's so that's their path and and took me a lot of <laughs> it took me a lot of work to to get to the point to where i could you know forgive them and 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 accept them and and see that clearly you know that you know what they went through with the, the you know the alcoholic abusive parents both of them and and then you know um finding the, themselves you know in that religion and um yeah yeah so <laughs> i i uh i i i broke out of that when i was 18 and just went the complete opposite way you know i think it was very unconscious um 
uh, for a long time, but like, you know, I just kind of figured if I, if I couldn't be like them, you know, these like strict Christian, uh, people that, that didn't act on their natural urges, <laughs> you know, if I couldn't be that, then I was going to be the complete opposite. So, you know, that, and that's, that's one of the the big reasons why I went to, you know, drugs and alcohol and sex and, you know, and, and very extreme experiences like, you know, dabbled with Satanism and, and all kinds of different things. Um, and yeah. yeah. And, and none of that relieved my suffering. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's something that I feel like, um, cause I have a, a, a friend I work with and he actually is uh pretty intensely Christian, but he's, he's probably the least, um, forceful with it. You know what I mean? Like he, he's, I, I feel like he's probably one of the better examples of, of, uh, what it means to be, uh, you know, a follower of Christ and to, you know, how he talks about the teachings and how he, you know, he won't give it to you unless you ask and he won't debate with you. Uh, you know, if I tell you, he wants to ask a question about Buddhism, he'll ask and I'll, I'll tell him what I know and as best I know. And, and he's like, Oh wow, that's kind of like this. And it's, it's a very, um, uh, different relationship because it's very, you know, fluid and it's not rigid and it's not, uh, mine is right. And yours is wrong. Like so often those kind of conversations can go. Uh, but one of the things that I swear, man, I, I, I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's, uh, like a genera- generationally ingrained thing, but it's the guilt. Like, I feel like there's always so much guilt behind everything that is, um, offered, uh, to Christians and by Christians a lot of times. And that's not to drag on them. Cause it, you know, it's not like a bash on, you know, Jesus or, or you know, whatever, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of guilt involved and I feel like that's something that that kind of irks me that people try to bring sort of bring to Buddhism too. Like, I'm sorry, my keyboard does, I don't know how to make my keyboard make a tilde or, or, uh, you know, I don't know how to spell a, a Sanskrit word properly with an American keyboard. I, you know, I don't know how you do that, but, um, that's something I feel like people bring a lot of times. And I feel like that's a holdover for a lot of us from, uh, you know, Christian backgrounds and stuff is that, that guilt, that, that factor of, uh, you have to get this right or you're, you know, less than or whatever like that. Um, but I'm glad to see you, 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 you made it out of it without having those, um, those rose colored glasses on, you know what I mean? That's, that's, uh, that, that's so often people tend to carry with them forever. Well, I, you know, um, thank you for saying that, but I, you know, I, I mean, I definitely, I mean, that shaped who and what I am, you know, so that, that, that is a big part of my conditioning and, you know, and, and, and it was something then to work with. I, I, you know, have, and that's just, that's, that's the amazing thing to me about, about, you know, living this path, not just meditation, but like living the full Buddhist path and the, the, the level of, of seeing things clearly that, that, you know, is purified more and more and more as we, you know, as our, as our practice deepens, um, you know, being able to clearly see that conditioning still showing up. Like I, I had very, um, black and white thinking with a lot of different things, uh, as, you know, as a practicing Buddhist, as, you know, starting to train to, you know, teach and that kind of thing. Um, the, the Jehovah's witness thing was just like, you know, uh, so black and white, you know, that, that these teachings are right. Everything else is wrong. This is the way to live. Everything else is, and, you know, and not just, and it's so extreme. It's not just wrong, but like, you know, any other belief, any other, any other thought that isn't, um, allowed within their within their religion and their their wild interpretations of the bible anything that that isn't within that small um segment everything else is 
again, it's not just wrong, but it's of the devil. You know, it, it's it's yeah, from yeah. the devil. It's, it's you know satanic. It's it's you know there's this 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 you know sinister quality to it. So you know that that kind of you know dualism, like extreme dualism, that that still showed up with me for a while, and and it even showed up with like um you know being in recovery. Um, I had very black and white thinking about recovery, like you know just abstinence only is the only way. You know it's irre- yeah. that following the precept is this is this is the fifth precept mean means you do not drink or take in any drugs or you know any of that at all. It's not moderation. You know I've had this very hard line approach to it and. You know, and as the years have gone on, I've and I've softened up, and um, you know, I, the the Buddha talked about finding a middle path and all this stuff, right? And it, yeah, and you know, and bringing it back to the Christianity thing, you know, that that Christian these these be punished or or go to well, you know, I mean, I think ultimately you're going to be punished by yeah, your, your yeah. level of suffering. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things though. But, that you, but you, not you only know. did you make the jail, then you you turned around and got inside of it and locked the door behind you, like you did this all yourself, wow. which is a yeah, totally different I mean, element. Isn't that the big cosmic joke, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Biggest, the biggest enemies, the biggest hurdles are, you know, our own um, self-made. So, yeah, man. Um, I've, uh, yeah. You know, it, interestingly, just, you know, just looking at, you know, where I'm at right now, it's only been in the last maybe four or five years that I was able to finally realize and cl- clearly see uh, I have a real big abandonment wound. And that's shaped... Um, my relationships, it's, it's shaped, uh, just kind of, yeah, I mean, really me at a core level for, for a very long time. And, and thankfully because of my practice, because of my work, I've been able to see it clearly and it's still, it hasn't gone away, but at least, you know, I, I can see it now and I have tools to deal with it. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Cause that's something, uh, my, my teacher used to tell me, uh, cause I did for, for a while I went, uh, it was for two years. I went, uh, either once or twice a week to a, uh, a Theravada temple, uh, not too far from where I live. And, um, that, that was, and I think he got it an analogy. I think it was from somebody else, but, uh, he said it was like meditating shouldn't be like taking a big rock off of a trash pile. Like, you know, some people like in some countries they dig a, a hole and they put trash in it and they put a rock on top and that's how they keep, you know, bears away or whatever, uh, you know, they're wild animals. Uh, but he said, you can't, you can't work through your issues that way. You have to take the, the rock off the, the, the hole and you have to jump in there and you have to just rummage through and until you find the stuff to work with and, and the things you have to get past. And I think that's beautiful. Like that's, that's something that, um, that I really feel like Buddhism does that. I don't feel like a lot of other religions do. Um, I don't feel like a lot of other paths do that where you just get in there and and you look at it and you're like, this is my abandonment issue. And you, you know, lay it out in front of you and you check its edges and you, you see how deep it is and how wide it goes. And that's, that's really amazing to me. I feel like that's something that's, that's how you actually heal. You know what I mean? As a person, as a, as a being, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, I think that's really healthy, you know, you know, it is. And, and, you know, in addition to, you know, all the, the training I've, I've done, you know, just in recent years, I've done um, some more uh, training specifically on trauma and, you know, one of the, one of the big theories these days, you know, in the, in the Western world is that trauma is only healed in uh, connection to another, you know, you can't just heal your trauma on your own on the cushion or, you know, by reading a book um, it's, it's in connecting in a healthy way to, to another. And, and that just goes back to, um, you know, the, the, you know, taking refuge in the three jewels, you know, taking refuge in, 
uh, the Buddha, you know, which was really, you know, taking refuge into the potential of our own awakening, you know, the, the, our, each one of us having the potential to become a Buddha ourselves and awaken one. And then, you yeah. know, taking refuge in the Dharma and the teachings or, you know, the, 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 the way things actually are. And then of, of equal value, taking refuge in Sangha, doing this with others, you know, having a teacher, having a community, connecting to others, <laughs> doing the, <laughs> this kind of thing, you know, be, talking about this stuff, you know, being vulnerable and, and, and honest about it and, and um, you know, getting it out in the open. You know, it's no longer secret. It's, it's something that's, that's shared. And, and this, this, is, this is the healing. The, the medicine is in each other, is with each yeah. other. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I like that because I feel like um, that was, that's something a lot of times that uh, is hard about this because it's a lot of um, focus on personal work. But at the same time, um, it, it, it very much can develop empathy depending on your perspective because, you know, just like Jim sits on the cushion and, and, and roots through this garbage, there's probably, you know, I'm sure it's different than the person next to me, but, you know, Gary's doing the same thing and, you know, Jenny over there is doing the same thing. And, and it's very, um, it can be very connecting. The only problem is uh, in some places, it's really hard to find a physical location to gather uh, and, and, and do the, you know, and actually um, enjoy Dharma teachings and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's awesome to sit down and know that, um, you know, even though it's hard for you, you know, someone next to you is, is going through something similar um, and, and same kind of thing, trying to connect um, to their pain and to, you know, let it go. And I think that's, that's an amazing factor. And I really like that about your, um, the, the podcast is at the Portland Insight uh, meditation center was where you did your teachings. Yeah. Portland insight meditation community. Cause yeah. Okay. Community. Okay. Uh, that was actually, uh, which, 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 which is about Sangha, you know, it's not, we don't call it center. It's community. Um, okay. Okay. Really, you know, to, to, to really embrace the fact that, that, that you know, it's, it's not just, you know, uh, Robert Beattie, um, the founding teacher is not just Robert Sangha. It's our Sangha. Right, right, and I like that. I like that. It was, it was. It's cool to listen to. I have to to talk you up a little bit here, but it's nice to listen to your teachings. And you know, there's an occasional f bomb in there, and there's an occasional, you know, um, like like I'm doing now. I'm stumbling over words trying to figure out exactly what I want to say. Sometimes that's in there, and I like how human it is. And you know, but you still can hang in there and give the uh, the 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 wisdom and the use the big words and you know and, and actually get in there and, and give a very well-rounded teaching and a very deep and philosophical teaching, but you'll still say it's hard as fuck to do this. <laughs> you admit that. And I love that. Well, that's just the truth. <laughs> Number one. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it's funny. You bring that up. I mean, you know, there's, there, and just because of the background, you know, I, I mean, I did a, a lot of my training and a lot of my work um, in the, you know, the, in the against stream Buddhist meditation society and, and, uh, you know, our, our, our teachers there, you know, would, would use F-bombs and a lot of, a lot of, I guess a lot of people thought that that was like required, <laughs> you know, that the <laughs> tattoos were required and, 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 and yeah, and F-bombs and, and Dharma talks and, um, yeah, it's certainly not, I mean, I kind of cringe if I say it too much, you know, I don't, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, and I certainly don't do it on purpose, you know, for, for, um, I don't know, you know, be to be a uh, shock of value or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Shock yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a word that's uh, like seductive, but not that, that's not the word. Um, oh, it's seductive. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I mean, that's the way I talk. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I, and I, 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 I think that's something I like is a lot of my friends, uh, b- b- I'm a firefighter currently. And before that I was a mechanic and a lot of these, a lot of friends I had were very into philosophical teachings, but um, you know, I, I'm sure they do their best and they reach their certain crowd, but like teachers like Sharon Soulsberg aren't going to reach them. Teachers like Jack Cornfield aren't going to reach them. This is more of like a, uh, what am I trying to say? Like an everyman kind of teacher. And I like that. I like that, that there are people out there doing it. And that's, um, you know, as, as a, as a meditation teacher myself, I just recently got a certification. That's something I'm trying to do too, is, is make it so it's not so lofty. It feels so out of reach a lot of times, uh, whether it's just meditation people are interested in, or whether it's, you know, good diving deeper into the Dharma or whatever it is. Uh, it just seems like a lot of times it's so, um, like people are trying to make it so much more than it, is you know what i mean trying to make it almost exclusive or uh you know like you said like earlier like uh you know being a gatekeeper to it and that's just not necessary yeah yeah you know what you're just making me i'm a number one congratulations on being certified um and uh but i'm just kind of laughing internally thinking about the 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 people the, the the teachers that talk with that spiritual voice and yes thank you we'll get all worked up and and, and you know, just all, all breathy and, and like, oh, that stuff. A lot of times I, 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 you know, I get a real gut feeling like that's just not genuine. So when, if, if yeah. somebody is leading with that and, you know, and not being themselves and playing a part and, and, you know, putting up a mask, I mean, that just comes across very loud and clear to me. And like, I don't want any part of that. It, I, exactly. I, and it's hard to was, connect to. Well, and also, I mean, just thinking about, you know, like knowing, remembering so viscerally, so, so somatically remembering what it was like when I suffered so bad. I, I, I live my life, you know, as an actor, I, I was fake all the time. And, and yeah. so when I, when I see other, I, and maybe that's why it, it comes across so clear to me. Cause I, you know, I recognize like, oh, I used to do that shit. You know, I used to try and be, <laughs> I tried to be who I thought you wanted me to be, uh, you know, and like, Ugh. <laughs> that just turns my stomach. And, and that's, yeah. I, I, you know, when I, I travel a lot for work. So, and, and when I travel, I've, I found that, um, you know, I, I don't really listen to guided meditations these days at all, but when I travel, I just, uh, it, you know, rather than like spend an hour on my phone while I'm waiting for a plane in an airport, like, you know, I'll, I'll open up insight timer and just like, Oh, you know, I wonder I'll, I'll, I'll check out some meditation of somebody else and maybe I'll get, maybe I'll learn something, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get some, some wording or a phrase or something like that. And so, you know, I'll have this criteria like, okay, um, I want to sit for 45 minutes. I want to have a high rated one, you know, something that's got a lot of really good ratings. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to spend 45 minutes on somebody that's got, you know, two stars or whatever. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You know, so, so I have all these, this, this criteria and uh, there was, there was one that I heard it was a dude. Um, I'm pretty sure he was American and Super, I mean, had tons and tons of listens and, uh, and, and, you know, just fantastic ratings. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to listen to this. And the whole time the guy was like, uh, he kept saying, remember to breathe, <laughs> remember to breathe. And yeah, I, I turned that off and I was just like, who the fuck needs to remember to breathe? You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You made this into the most painful thing to listen to. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I have to tell you, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned to you, because we've talked on uh, Messenger a bit, but, uh, you know, that's that's uh, 
insight timer is something I stopped. I gave up a long time ago because uh, their CEO actually threatened to sue me. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, I totally get it. Like, I, I, you know, I, I, it, it is, I, I hate to say it, having a bad, having had a bad experience, it kind of sucks, but uh, you know, it is actually a really good, uh, useful tool or a useful uh, resource to sit down and 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 like you said, you can search by. Uh, I've only got five minutes. I've only got ten minutes. I want you know nature sounds or whatever else. I mean, I've been on there in a while, but um, for what I remember, it is a really good resource and um, and very useful. Is that somewhere you do? Do you put a lot of uh, teachings there yourself? You know, I don't at all because because of my relationship to technology, I do not know how to edit. I have I I got a bunch of videos and a bunch of recordings that uh, that I need to hook up with somebody to do some editing for me. Um, oh man, I might I might know some people, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll send you some information here after we're done. Um, but yeah, that's 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 one of the hardest parts exactly is is finding those uh, to to sit down and because I don't know about you when I do this podcast, I'll probably you know, if I sit down and edit it, I'll probably sit down and listen to this three or four times, and I fucking hate listening to my voice so much. Mm. I, you know, I suppose that's part of it. I, I remember, I'm, I'm trying to remember what I got interviewed by somebody and it was on, you know, it was online. It was via, well, it was before zoom, you know, it was, I don't know, um, Skype or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I think maybe it was somebody that was, it was part of their like thesis, you know, um, they were writing about, I don't know, American Buddhism or something. And they, so they sent me a transcript later and when I saw the transcript and I was reading through it, I just couldn't, I couldn't even read it. Cause there was like so many ums and ahs and you knows. And I, and I was, I was horrified. I'm like, Holy shit. I talk like that. <laughs> oh man. But I, I think that's, uh, you know, and I, I do the same thing. Cause I'm sitting here doing, I'm, I, I'm more conscious of it now that you've said something, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really feel like that's humanizing. And I really feel like that's something that, uh, that's another reason why I wanted to sit here and do the live, because I, I, I want people to, uh, you know, realize that though Gary Sanders has dedicated a lot of time to studying the Dharma and a lot of time at becoming a better communicator and a better teacher, he still talks like a normal person. And, and, you know, so does Jim. And so, you know what I mean? Like, I, th I feel like that's very valuable. I feel like it's very humanizing because regardless of what people say, um, about the Buddha himself, he was still a person, you know what I mean? Like the, though he reached a level that, you know, few of us will ever see anytime soon. Uh, you know, he still was a human. And I like that. I like that uh, listening to your teachings are easy because it's, you know, you use big words, but you also uh, break it down. You also, um, you know, have, have a good uh, like bedside manner almost, you know what I mean? And I really appreciate that. It's, it's very uh, approachable. Yeah. Well, you know, and the Buddha was known to change his teachings in, you know, um, according to the audience he had, you know, whether it was lay people or the monastics, whether it was new people or people, you know, uh, uh, other arahants, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so I guess that's, a, I have more fun talking to people uh, like on this level, you know, so it's, it's, it's conversational, it's easy, it's, um, it's relatable, it's fun. You know, that, that, that's, that's what I like doing. Yeah, I so. agree. It's, it's, it's awesome. That's, that's why I love doing this. Cause, uh, you know, I used to sit down and I had a very regimented, uh, you know, uh, had question lists and I had, you know, I, I left in, uh, quote unquote space for, uh, 
ad-libbing, but it was still so very dry and so very regimented and it just wasn't fun. That's why I like doing the uh, kind of like we're doing now. I basically take the script and throw it out the window and, and let's have a good conversation and, and basically invite listeners to be the, uh, you know, that fourth wall, I guess, while we're talking, it's, it's, uh, I think it's more powerful. I think, I think there's something to that versus uh, speaking uh, maybe not down to people, but speaking at people uh, with, like you said, that breathy voice. And now we will begin to breathe. Like, Please don't do this to me. I, I I'm not here for this. Yeah. yeah, and I don't want to hear a lecture either. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One one of my one of my really good friends who's a teacher, and I love him to death. And he's got a he's got a really deep practice. Well, I, I guess he's also a therapist, and so he's I think he's, he's and he's a lot more scholarly than than, than okay. I am. I, and I would never consider myself scholarly uh, at all, but. Uh, but you know, when he goes to write a Dharma talk, I, he literally like writes it out and, and, you know, word for word. And, and, um, I, I think he like, you know, practices it a whole bunch and, and, you know, and, and so when he gives it, it's, it's, it's great. And, you know, and people love it. I mean, he's definitely, he's got a great following, but, and that's just, I, I, I just can't do that myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be tough. If I, if, I, if I write down anything, it's like the, the smallest of a skeleton outline for a talk. <laughs> and then half the time, more, probably more than half the time, I don't even follow it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talking, like, Oh, I was going to talk about that. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. Um, so that's, that's something I was going to ask you. What do you, um, wh- what's something you go for when you're uh, teaching Dharma? Like how, do, how do you get inspired for your Dharma talks? Do you, you you pick something or do you just see what's like what moves you like what what i guess uh how, how do you come to what you're going to teach yeah you know so one of the big things i love about buddhism is the fact that you know this is a a, a come see for yourself you you know try this out for yourself see if it works for you um uh, you know the buddha talked about the you know the, the parable of the raft you know you 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 get the, ed- the edge of a, a raging river and there's a raft there so you pick it up you cross the river with this raft when you get to the other side you're not going to walk through the forest on the other side with this big raft on your back you you know you've yeah. you use the raft as long as it's effective and then you put it down and 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 just let it be at the side at the other side of the the river and then walk away so um that 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 whole you know, come try this out for yourself. I think it's super important that when you're teaching, you have to talk about stuff that you know directly. It can't, you know, get, it just goes back to like, I don't want to hear a lecture. I don't want to hear somebody that just like memorized something. I want to hear somebody right. that knows something deeply. They, uh, uh, Philip Moffat's one of my favorite teachers and he talks about this level of knowing that, you know, these teachings, these, these, these truths. And so, you know, when it comes to a Dharma attack, um, I have to talk about something that I've either just experienced recently or I've been working with. Um, when I, you know, especially like my weekly groups that, that I do, uh, I mean, you got to come up with a lot of content every single week. I got to come, yeah. come up with something to talk about. And so it's usually something that's just been very recent, very present, something that, that, you know, happened or something that was brought up to me. A, a lot of times, you know, I, I have a lot of students that I do a lot of one-on-one work with and, you know, and it's just, it's interestingly coming up to a Dharma talk, I'll have, you know, a, a particular subject is brought up again and again and again to me. You know, it's not like I'm bringing it up. It's not like I'm just, right. you know, it's just one of those things. The universe is telling me like, oh, this is what you need to talk about. And so I I just think, I think it's a lot richer that way. I've certainly, I know when I've given some talks, when it hasn't, that hasn't been the case. 
those are the ones that those are probably my least favorite talks. You know, I, I like the ones that are you know yeah. just something like very very present moment, something very fresh, something juicy. <laughs> and that's and that's awesome, and that's that's something I, I think is uh, is really cool too, because a lot of people. Um, Dwayne and I actually talked about this uh, not long ago. Dwayne's my co-host. He couldn't make it tonight, but um, he um, he and I were talking about uh, you know because I, I, one of the things I want to start doing is is introducing people to new teachers. I don't have a whole lot of a platform, but the unusual Buddha, you know, it reaches like 120 something thousand people supposedly. Um, even though really, I feel like you could lay a piece of paper on the ground and reach more people some days. But anyway. Um, it, uh, it, I, I want to give people a chance to you can throw a singing bowl in any direction. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, the idea is I want to give people a chance to find new teachers because maybe, you know, how Jimbo spits about meditation is not for you or how, you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to, to bring that to other people. And, and we, it's a, a point we touched on was, um, like a person we had on before Jesse Armas, he, he teaches, uh, meditation and, and he is, uh, he calls, he has, um, I don't want to say labeled himself, but but he sees himself as gender queer. So he's not a traditional. Um, he doesn't have the traditional outlook, and he has an outlook that I wouldn't be able to teach from that perspective, or I wouldn't be able to talk to a person who's in a similar place. And I think there's a lot of power in, like you said, uh, you you speak so well about recovery because you know you've gone through it or you are going through it. it it's something you've experience directly it's not theory for you and i think that's a powerful thing that uh that people that are looking to be teachers or looking to reach out to other humans um you know it it means something that you know you can be an example for someone that has gone through something uh versus someone that's just like you said like memorized a book that's not that that doesn't have the same power of presence that that being with somebody who has done this uh it just doesn't feel the same you can feel like you said uh, earlier you can just feel that that's put on yeah yeah totally you know and um you you brought up uh, a a few times about recovery and and you know that is definitely that's part of my path i mean it's just you know it's 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 something i've gone through it's something i found um freedom from and you know and so it's you know it's a big part of my story and at the same time you know i i probably prefer speaking to and, 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 you know, and teaching in just general groups, you know, not, not recovery groups, uh, the, the recovery yeah. stuff I can, do, I can, I've done it for years and I can do it in my sleep, but it's, right. it's, you know, being able to talk about this in a, in a, in a general way. Cause, um, I, you know, just the stuff I teach the most, uh, the stuff I'm most excited about is, um, you know, the, the practice of meta specifically and, and, you know, and how that, um, you know, I, I think I talked earlier just about, you know, what my inner experience was that, you know, I was constantly in my head, judging, criticizing everything I did and said over and over and over again. And then, of course, you know, I had to share that uh, wealth with with others. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, you know, judge, judge everybody else uh, externally, just so I could feel a little bit better, I think, you know, uh, very unconscious, but, um, you know, having that, 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 that inner voice that was just so harsh, so negative, so hateful, really. And then being able to transform it through meta, you know, that's not just a recovery. That was a big part of my recovery from drugs and alcohol, but that's not, not, that's not a specific recovery thing. And so many other people uh, deal with that, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, a critical voice or that, you know, it's, it's judgment. It's uh, um, you know, doubt about who and what they are. And, 
and you know, and the practice of metta that that's that's just one of the benefits. You know, there's so many other benefits, and um, that's you know, that's really what excites me. If you read the Metta Sutta, you know, it's one, it's one of the shortest suttas, and the Buddha specifically says, you know, if if you practice, you know, the first half of the Metta Sutta is about living ethically. I mean, he was talking to to, to monks, you know, talked about you know living lightly with few duties and not being greedy for supporters and you know not doing the slightest thing that the the wise would later approve. Um, you know, he talks about that that way of living ethically, and then he talks about that that practice of um, you know, wishing for your, for all beings, which would include yourself, wishing for all beings. It depends on the translation that you say. You know, may all, may all beings be happy, or may all beings be well, or may all beings be peaceful. Again, de- depending on the translation that you read. But um, yeah, you know that. And he talks about radiating out that metta, that that loving kindness out to all beings everywhere. So it's not just a repetition of phrases, but it's you know this practice of opening your heart up and lovingly wishing. Uh, for all beings to be, you know, free from suffering, be, to be happy, and and at the end of that sutta, he says, if you know, if um, those that practice this will not be reborn again. So I mean, he 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 didn't say all these other practices. He he said this, you know, specifically this: live live ethically, uh, practice this uh, this practice of metta, wishing for all beings to be happy. You will not be reborn again, which means you'll become an arahant. You'll be fully enlightened, not not just stream entry. <laughs> he didn't say that. He said, right, right. Not you will not be reborn again, and so that's that's what excites me, and that's what I that's uh, you know. There's lots of different ways to to talk about it, and you know, and I I I'm really big into the you know the jhanas into these absorbed concentration states, and. Um, and I use metta to be able to get into those states. So metta is just this all-purpose tool that that um, I mean it, it is fantastic for people that are early in recovery. People are come you know um, fresh off a of relapse, you know, or you know um, dragging their butt into some recover, recovery setting and and just you know feeling completely uncomfortable in their own skin. But you know anybody that's dragging their butt into a dharma group, any anybody that's been practicing for a while that's been maybe a little more focused on concentration, uh, you know, on maybe some of the four foundations of mindfulness as, yeah. and, and not balanced out with the heart practices, not, not balanced out with, you know, really this, 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 you know, cultivating a boundless heart for all beings. And so I think that's really important. That's, that's something like we talked about before, how some people bring a, a dry methodology to the Dharma and to the teaching as a whole. Um, I think that's, that's a really important, that's a really good point because I, I think, um, because I noticed myself starting to get that way too, a little dry, a little uh, aloof, a little uh, distant. Um, like one of the, uh, I'm, I'm sure you say it, the, the near enemies um, uh, conversation. I don't remember exactly what sutta that's from, but uh, where he talks about uh, pity and compassion are near enemies. So uh, it's important to have compassion for other beings, but not pity. And yeah. and that's where I felt like I was going a lot of times. Uh, you know, even though it felt. Um, it, it felt right at the time, I guess, but but when taking that step back and looking more subjectively at how I was feeling and what was coming up, uh, it 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 turned to more into compassion and more and and less into dryness and and more into being welcoming and and you know maybe maybe my interpretation isn't right, but you know it's the best I got and it's what I'm going to go with and um you know making space for others to do the same to grow in this and to to become in this and uh, it even got to the point where now. Um, 
when I go to the grocery store, I, I, I imagine myself, and this is going to probably sound really silly, but I imagine myself as like lighting a beacon, you know what I mean? Like, like a lighthouse and, and trying to, um, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, emanate, uh, kindness to people around me. And, and it, and it actually makes a difference. It makes you, it's something you can actually feel. And I, you know, who knows if they notice anything different, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like being a, um, somebody who can exude that kind of energy of, 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 uh, acceptance and, and loving and, and at least being gracious with others, uh, I, I think is, if nothing else, is a service to humanity because <laughs> there's really not a lot of it going on. And man, was it tough during like COVID with the toilet paper wars and all those kind of things. But uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's something everybody could use, man. It's something I, I totally agree. It's something that if you haven't started a meta practice, read up on it and, and jump in there because it really will uh, sort of round out what you're doing. And I think that's important. Yeah, you know, um, that I'm just thinking about like when when I really started practicing meta off the cushion, you know, in, into the world, um, you know, and really noticing, you know, more and more and more how much judgment I had towards others, and then immediately, you know, the the the, the judgment comes up uh, or the criticism or whatever, and then and then, you know, you really kind of using it as a thought replacement, you know, just starting to practice meta towards others, and. Uh, and then seeing how, what that feels like, you know, being in a crowd of people and, you know, it used to be, I'd feel so oppositional or, you know, I'd, I'd feel so kind of, you know, defensive and, or, or even kind of, um, I don't know, protected when I or trying to like needing to feel protected around, you know, with, a, around people I don't know. And then, you know, as the, the, the practice deepens more and more and more and, and just offering this, you know, meta to, again, unconditionally to others, of course, you know, super easy to offer meta to the mother with her little baby in the stroller. But then like, yeah. you know, the, the, the homeless guy that's, you know, yelling at you or the, um, you know, the, the, the person that's scowling at you, the, 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 the person driving behind you tailgating or, you know, cutting you off or whatever, and, you know, offering meta to them and then feeling what that feels like, you know, instead of that poison of hate, of, of judgment, of, of yeah. you know, condemnation. Um, and then just, I mean, that just, I mean, that's freedom, you know, to, 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 to have this open heart in the midst of whatever circumstance or, you know, around, around anybody. And, um, yeah, man, that that's, yeah, that I, 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 I still am blown away by that. You know, what, what, what it's like now, how easy it is, how, how open hearted, how, how just pleasant, um, today, uh, I, I had earlier today, I went for an MRI, which I guess it's the first time I had an MRI. <laughs> um, oh, that's, that's up in the tube, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so oh, they, you know, wow. they're like, you know, it's, they're like, the guy's like, it's really loud. You need to put in these earplugs and here's the panic button. Um, you know, he's like, are, are, are you claustrophobic? And my, my doctor that, uh, so my chiropractor, I was in a small car accident earlier this year. And so my chiropractor recommended for me to get this MRI on my lower, lower back. And he asked me if I was claustrophobic. And so when I got there today and I, and, and, you know, and number one realized I'm like, Ooh, I've never done this before. And, you know, and then, and I'm a bit, I'm six, four and two twenty five, So, I'm, you know, I'm not a little, <laughs> right. So, right. You know, I lay down this on this thing and I get, I, you know, I get, I get put into this tiny, tiny tube. And I did notice the thought come up of like, uh, Oh, Holy shit. I could really panic in here. I could really, you know, I could, I could really feel you know, I, I, I could see where I could feel claustrophobic, but I immediately just started to practice a method towards myself. And 
I actually had a good time. It was 15 minutes, and um, I had a really good time with it. I was smiling the whole oh, time. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. I, 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 I guess. Re- go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I did, part of it was um, when my – so my youngest daughter is 17. Um, she's she's uh, going to be a, a senior this next school year. Oh, wow. Congrats. Um, when uh, Thank you. Uh, she's and, – and you know what? If uh, I hope that, that anybody listening can have a person in their lives like this, my daughter Zeta is my – benefactor my go-to person you know when they recommend in the meta practice to to think of uh someone that you care about and they care for you something that makes you feel happy some someone that makes you feel happy my daughter zeta is the one she's my go-to since day one of me uh you know practicing this stuff uh yeah i just think of her and you know smile and so uh, you know that was part of it you know i was thinking about uh, I think she was like in kindergarten or first grade and uh, we were at her school and we got stuck in an elevator together. Nobody else was in the elevator. It was just <laughs> us. And we we were stuck in there for an hour. And the whole time we were in there, the fire alarm kept going off and, and it would go off for a little bit, but then to go back on. And so pretty quickly I, I made it into a game with her. And, and every time the, every time the alarm would go off, we turned it into a dance party. And then it was, you know, and then the, the, the alarm would go off and we'd stop. And so, you know, we were in a really, a potentially uncomfortable, scary, especially for a little girl, you know, a, a potentially scary yeah. situation. And we just turned it into something fun and, and made the best of it and, and had fun with it. And, you know, and so, I, that, that, you know, that's the, the, the power of practice, you know, that to not get caught up in the, the fear, not get caught up in the judgment, um, to, to, find a way to, to meet this moment with skill. And so I, I, just, I had a dance party in my mind <laughs> every time this thing was like, wah, 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 you know, just making all these horrible noises. <laughs> I'm just oh, smiling geez. in this tube, you know, six foot four, two twenty five, in this sausage tube. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it came out and the guy's like, Hey, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I had fun. <laughs> put me back, put me back. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to tell you, I have to admit my, uh, like I said, I, I'm uh, a firefighter is my full time uh, career. I don't usually bring it up too much because I don't want it to be like, uh, uh, be have that be the reason people follow or like what we're doing. Um, but I do have experiences. Obviously, my daily, you know, it's my my it's shift work, you know, but it's my daily life. Um, my experience with uh, claustrophobia and realizing how claustrophobic I can be uh, was tough, man. I I totally see how bad it could be. And this is another um, experience of like learning about myself. Uh, one of the, one of the instructors actually um, had to help me. He climbed it. We had these, um, I don't know if you've seen the big uh, corrugated tubes there for like water drainage and they're, they're big enough for a person to be in with an air pack and all that. And he actually, I went in on one side of the tube and he went in on the other side of the tube and then people closed the doors behind us. And it was just tiny and cramped and, and, and dark and, and we just sat there for a minute till you know for me to like i guess uh normalize in that environment and um one of the things uh him and another uh, instructor said to me is that the the people that freak out the most are the ones that try and come in with that attitude of like how tough they are but uh it's funny cuz you the, the way you said it reminded me of exactly what he said is just be honest with yourself and i feel like compassion is that's one of the biggest things being honest with yourself he told me if you come in here and you can admit to yourself like a grown man that 
this is scary for you, that this does frighten you, that, that this does bother you. Those are the guys that push through. Those are the guys that get through this, um, you know, uh, small space training and those kind of things. Those are the guys that get through and do this and do well. The guys that rip their masks off and get kicked out of the, the, cause that was one of the things you, uh, if you did that, um, you would fail. Uh, he said the guys that usually fail out that way are the ones that try and come in and, and, and act like they're Superman or bulletproof or those kind of things. But I think, uh, it's almost like, um, like a net, a net is not strong because a net is hard. A net is strong because it gives. Uh, and I think that's part of compassion too, is just, you know, that, that self-honesty, that, uh, having a little bit of, of flexibility to yourself and, and mainly just, uh, even if it's a mistake or a fear or, or whatever it is, just that compassion of saying, Hey, this is me. This is who I am. Uh, you know, and just kind of getting through like that. I think that's a powerful thing for people. And and one of the greatest reasons for for a meta practice, if if people aren't doing it out there currently, yeah. Well, you know, and all all of these things need to be rooted in reality. Um, you know that that that's one of the one of the things I like to talk about a lot too is to you know to really check in with ourselves frequently to make sure that we're not using our practice as a spiritual bypass as a as a way to completely yes. ignore the difficult. You know that that a a, a, a a pure practice, a true practice, you know, fully realizes and accepts right now, this is happening, that's happening, this is really difficult, and I can find something that, you know, that I'm grateful for in the moment, or I can find some uh, some place in my body that feels okay, and it's not just all pain all the time, you know, that there's that there's there's also relief. And I mean, you know, that's, I mean, isn't that the original teachings of the Buddha? There is suffering in this world there is dissatisfaction there is that there is there is struggle in this world and there is also relief from that so yeah man this is this is i just got goosebumps (laughs) i know man it's 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 absolutely it's and it's powerful it's and and the i think one of the best things that i really like about it is um it's simplistic you know what i mean it doesn't have to be um you know i don't know about you but i didn't start reading the 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 Dharma to become a statue or to become a, you know, I, I don't want to be a statue on the, or a picture on the wall or any amount of like, uh, you know, it's not about becoming a deity. It's about being a human and having the most intense uh, relationship with the present moment. And I really like that. I really feel like that's something that is powerful and has really been shaping to, to, to my life and my relationship with people and how I deal with them. That deserves really awesome. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we uh, uh, I've, I've already sucked up an hour of your time. We do actually have somebody who uh, raised their hand up. It's uh, Robert sixty nine in the uh, Q and A section. If you're if you're okay going into like a Q and A, there's only five of us here, so uh, sure. I don't know if you're interested in, in answering Robert's questions. So let me see if I can do sure. this. Yeah, uh, I got my friend George on here too. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> So let's see here. Um, see if I can figure out how to do this because I have a condition called the dumb, and sometimes this happens. All right. So now we're going to invite Robert to speak. Hey, Robert, are you there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks. Thank you for waiting. I really appreciate you being patient. I just saw this thing. I'm still learning how to work this interface, oh, but that, uh, you are fine. live Sorry, with. Sorry, dude. I, I thought I was just waving hello. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. Uh, you. So you're live with. Uh, with Gary Sanders and myself, would uh, you got a question? Hey, yeah, I do. I do have a question. Um, do, do you do you guys feel like that Meta is the same or similar to uh, the more New Age version of manifestation? Uh, and and if so, 
by practicing meta. Do I become more loving and sympathetic? Because it's one of those things I have a lot of difficulty with, being compassionate, loving, and sympathetic towards the people that I don't want to be. Is that something that I can grow into and become more adept at? Yeah, well, the, the first thing I thought of when you would, when, and thank you for that question. Um, I, think, I think a lot of people have uh, difficulty with meta in the beginning because of that specifically. And, you know, in and, and, and the full realm of like, oh, this is really corny. Um, this, I, 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 you know, wishing for myself and others to be happy. Uh, I don't feel happy right now. So this feels uh, disgenuine, you know, that, that, that kind of yeah. thing. Or, but, but also like how in the world, you know, this is the big question. How in the world could I offer meta to Donald Trump or, you know, Saddam Hussein or you know, that, yeah. that, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a few things. Well, and also you, you mentioned, um, what did you talk about that the, the you didn't, you said the new age train, you didn't say abundance. You said, Oh, you said manifestation. Yeah, manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it so, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get, I, su- I suppose there's probably some people out there that can talk about manifestation in a, in a skillful way. Um, I've just, you know, what, what, gets my spidey sense going or the ones that, you know, the, the whole thing, the secret, you know, that, that, you know, if you, if you, if you right. think it, it's going to happen, you know, I had years ago, I had some, I went and got my hair cut in some barbershop and this, this lady had on the inside of her, her toolbox, you know, her, 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 I mean, it was literally a toolbox, you know, with her haircutting tools, but the inside lid, she had a check written to herself from herself for a million dollars. And I was like, <laughs> what's that all about? She's like, Oh, I watched the secret. I'm going to make that true. And I'm like, that, that's Jim Carrey did that too, didn't he? Yeah. Something similar. He he wrote himself a I check, I think. I don't know, but she was working in a barber shop that charges fifteen bucks for a haircut. So I don't know. <laughs> she was gonna. That might come true sooner than you think. <laughs> <laughs> but but so you know so I, that that whole that a lot of the new agey thing about you know manifestation and about abundance. I'm I'm that's another thing abundance. If for me, if you yeah. hear some teachers saying that these practices are going to bring you abundance, as far as like monetary things and financial fucking run because <laughs> that's, sure. that's just bullshit <laughs> but <laughs> but the practice of metta um i mean you know that that's the thing the the, the buddha did say you know when he, after he gave that teaching and after you know supposedly a, he taught that practice to a hundred monks right they were scared in that forest he's he was tree spirits uh were attacking them and scaring them off they couldn't they could not practice the, the the rains retreat you know so they, they they ran out of the forest the buddha gave them the practice they went back and they were welcomed you know they started practicing metta towards all beings including these tree spirits and they were welcomed and loved and protected by these you know they they were they 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 changed their relationship to the the situation they were in you know they didn't change the tree spirits they just changed their relationship to it right so right, right yeah that's that, that's what we're doing in the practice we, we we don't have to change anybody else. We don't have to have expectations that, you know, you're an asshole and you need, you need to stop doing the things that you're doing. We, we can just, we, we just don't have to hate it, you know? So yeah, it's like a matter of perspective yeah. a lot of times, you know, and yeah. I think it's really important to, to, to know that you can practice meta towards all beings, even, you know, wishing Donald Trump relief from his suffering, wishing, uh, you know, the Proud Boys relief from their hatred. You can you can wish all that stuff, but still hold firm boundaries of, you know, 
I don't have to carry this hate in my heart for this person, but I also, I'm not going to let him into my life. I'm not going to invite him into my home or, you know, uh, call him up on the phone and I'm like, Hey, I've forgiven you. You know, even though you, you know, molested me when I was a kid, you know, none of that has to happen at all and, and probably shouldn't happen at all. But you know, it's just that, that, that aspect of changing your relationship to it. I just don't have to think about it all day long with hate. You know, I, 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 yeah. I can hold this boundary and, um, and I can, I can live with an open heart and, um, yeah, not, not carry this burden of of judgment, of criticism, and 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 it's not about uh, that 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 bullshit kind of fakey. I, I love everybody, you know, kind of thing. And like, right, right. Just, yeah. just uh, that's something my friend Dave Smith said a, a long time ago. He's like, you know, maybe just start, you know, admitting where you're at right now too. That's this is the you know be, making sure that it's rooted in reality. That, just like really owning this is where I'm at right now. I can't forgive X, Y, and Z right now, but. I can I can set an intention and I can start to you know work on my relationship to this and and you know and maybe this is something that that Dave said specifically he's like you know maybe just hate a little less right now like just you know really really own where you're at with it. Very, totally agree. That, that's I, very powerful. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I oh, think. Sorry, uh, it, oh, just I was going to give my little two cents on it. Uh, uh, Gary obviously already did a great job with this, but I, I think for me personally, it's been almost like. Um, like a, uh, an exercise. Like I didn't get better at pull-ups by, you know, reading a book about pull-ups. I, I, I tried and I, and, you know, and I fell off the bar a couple of times and I, you know what I mean? And, and, and like Gary was saying, it's about having yeah, that yeah. forgiveness for yourself as well as uh, sitting down and actually um, just trying again. And, you know, like Gary said, some of those, those relationships aren't going to change and it's really not about, um, them changing it's not like you have to sign up for more abuse it's not like you have to be a doormat for anybody nobody the buddha wouldn't ask you to do that just like uh you know the dalai lama said it's okay to defend your life you know what i mean like this this nobody's asking you yeah. to uh you know lay down your existence because it's you know it's the buddhist way it's it, nobody's trying to do that and i think that's something that um that's really important that that a lot of people do i mean like you said it's 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 hard it's it's hard to forgive folks it's hard to uh well up and find uh compassion for somebody you just do not like um but i think that's uh another important part about if you read up into the the sutras is about uh building it up so you start with yourself you start with somebody you like you start with you know what i mean doing that incrementally and it's it's the same kind of thing yeah. it's 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 a practice for a reason you know yeah that, um, he brought up the dalai lama and he talks about uh when he talks about the chinese he calls them my friends the enemy you know, so that's just that, that's, you know, rooted in reality, right? Oh, that's mm. amazing. Yeah, that's, mm. guys, that's, that really helps. Uh, that's very powerful and moving in a way I did not expect. And I really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Right, Absolutely. Thank you for, thank you for the question, man. I really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Kim, I'm following thank you on several you, platforms, man. You've done a great job. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, man. I really job. appreciate it. Appreciate and thank you guys. for coming out for this. Hey, enjoy every minute of it. Thanks. Thank, thank you. All right, let me see if I can do the thing. Yeah, I think I moved him back. Okay, cool. Uh, does anybody else have any questions? Anybody want to ask anything? I feel bad, Gary. I I I, I sold this as a Q and A, and so far there's only one Q and and so much A. <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> yeah, I I think I, maybe I should I should edit that out when we put that in the podcast. Oh no, that's all right. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh. Yeah, so let's let's. Uh, is there anything you wanted to to mention? I know we were talking about uh, your site. Are you do you got anything coming up? Anything new? Anything uh, on your on your radar? 
You know, um, there, nothing specifically. I mean, I do. Um, I mean, we're still, we're still. This world is figuring out a way to, you know, to to reenter back into whatever we, you know, I, I'm doing air quotes right now. Normal, yeah. <laughs> back to so regular normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, right after this on Sunday nights, I do a a, a meditation for recovery through a, a, an organization called Radford Hall. That's it's located here in in um in the L.A. area. Um, real big, super popular. Um, uh, 12 step recovery uh, center, but, uh, but we get people from all over the world on, on the call. And so, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's free donation only uh, open to everybody. Um, if you, if you, I think I'm trying to remember their website is radfordhall.org, but that's, you know, so that's, that's just something I do, you know, on, on Sunday evenings. Um, I, uh, I, I am still a teacher at, uh, even though I live in LA now, I'm still a teacher on the teaching staff at Portland insight, meditation community. And so I do, um, I do, a, I was doing a weekly group. It's on, it's on hiatus right now. Cause I had a, um, I was mentioning it to you early Jimbo. I had a, had a heart attack and then, and then had COVID back to back. Wow. So, so I kind of let go of a lot of my, my ongoing weekly commitments to, to really practice self-care. But, um, but I do have, uh, I don't have anything s- scheduled, but there's going to be some things announced pretty soon. Some, um, like half day events and uh, a small class series through Portland and it's portlandinsight.org. So you can find the information there. And then, you know, my, my website, uh, boundlessheart.com boundless, I'm sorry, boundlessheartdharma.com <laughs> that um, <laughs> there's a, but there's, there's not a lot of, there, a, a lot of the text on there has to be, still has to be edited, but there's a, a media page that has tons of different talks and guided meditations, both audio and video. And so it's a good resource and I'm not charging any money for that at all. Anybody can go and, and, and check that out for free. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, awesome. yeah, definitely, definitely get together all the, uh, all the links. Cause I definitely, uh, I like to do a thing. I don't know if, uh, if you've seen it, I like to do the thing I call uh Wednesday friends day. So I try to share, uh, whatever my friends are into, you know, whether it's a new piece of art or whether it's a new, book or a, you know a new meditation class whatever whatever you got definitely uh get it to me and i will uh i'll, I'll put it up there and i'll get uh sit down with you and get some uh links from you and, and try and copy this down from here because uh, i definitely feel like people need to uh if they haven't heard of you they need to I, I think um what you're doing is amazing i think uh you're 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 i feel like your communication style is on a similar wavelength to mine and i think uh i think you definitely got something that people need to uh to to make a part of their path i think well, thank you for those kind words. And I'm just, you know, that's one of those things. I, I've received so much beautiful, caring, kind help from my teachers and, and you know, and the people that I've uh, been able to practice with. I just, I feel a responsibility to be able to share this with others that, that, are, that are looking for it. You know, not in a, not in an evangelical way that I, you know, grew up knocking on doors as a little Jehovah's Witness kid, but just, you know, just holding space for those that are interested. And, you know, and, and I just have to thank you for, you know, you've done so much work, Jim, putting a, a you know, this online community together on, on, you know, a bunch of different platforms. It's been really beautiful to see this um, flourish and, you know, to, 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 for you to build it and then, and then to see it just get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's been really cool. I'm, I'm proud of you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. I I, uh, I feel like it's come a long way 
And, uh, you know, people message me sometimes about, you know, oh, you made it. And it's, you know, I, I don't know that I made it. I just have a couple more buttons to push than anyone else who shows up to the same community. I just uh, kind of like you. I just I, I feel like uh, I, was, I was gifted with something and uh, I would be uh, it would be selfish not to share. You know what I mean? I think that's important. I think we all look for a sense of community. And, and like I said, I like that, that your teaching is very much about that and, and, and your style is very much about that. I appreciate that. Well. Man, it's been a been an honor to sit here and talk with you on this uh, Sunday afternoon. Well, all right, man. Uh, I don't know if you do. You have anything else you wanted to uh, to break into, talk about, mention? Uh... Um, if uh, if anybody's coming out to punk rock bowling in Las Vegas uh, this uh, fall, is it in September? Um, there will be recovery meetings. <laughs> I said earlier, I don't want to be uh, pegged as a recovery guy, but. <laughs> But here I am, yeah. <laughs> uh, every morning of punk rock bowling at the the Golden Nugget, there will be um, clean and sober punks recovery meetings open to everybody, not not just closed to, to people that identify as uh, addicts and alcoholics. But I'll I'll, I'll be there, and, and uh, yeah, it'd be good to connect, um, you know, with uh, punk rock music and and uh, uh, recovery in, in Las Vegas. So come come say hi if you're there. That is so awesome, man. Again, thank you so much for coming, uh, joining on with this and uh, being patient as I figured out how the hell to do this. Uh, it uh, certainly was an adventure. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it, uh, it it does something to spread the word and uh, and, and to get out there. And, and hopefully this is something we'll do again. I'd love to have you on again uh, down the road, too. Cool. Count me in. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. One of the things that I love about editing podcasts is it's this opportunity to listen deeply, to listen again, because sometimes you have to listen over and over and you you hear things you didn't hear before or they begin to hit you in different ways. And I think what Gary has to say about meta and about compassion, especially the compassion that we direct towards ourselves just hit home so deeply for me. And I think what it taught me, especially because I'm not particularly good at that, but I think what it says is that this this compassion, this compassionate coming home is a continual process. And our practice is not the final product that we that we make, but Rather, it's, it's what we make while we are in the process of practicing. And this can still be a home for us and because this is the place for welcoming. Our practice is the practice of welcoming. It is a place that we make for welcoming the arrival of the unexpected. It is where we welcome the release of our expectations and where we welcome the mystery and wonder of belonging. It's it's where we are welcomed and where we are welcoming. And that word welcome is a really interesting word, I think, and it plays well with our understanding of, of compassion and meta. The word welcome is used to describe one who is relieved to be relinquishing control or possession of something to another. To welcome and to be welcomed 
is to relinquish the possession and control of ourselves and to give it as a gift to another. It's a welcoming gift that irrefutably changes both the giver and the recipient. I think all our practices are a kind of art, and this art, this art of compassion and welcoming, is about coming home. Because art, as Seth Godin says, is a personal gift that changes the recipient. All art, Godin goes on to say, must contain an element that's a gift, something that brings the artist closer to the viewer, not something that insulates one from another. And so we make this art of ourselves, this art of our practice, this art of our compassion, because it's about being welcomed home. It's about creating a space in which all are welcomed into the gift of giving ourselves. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being here. We love you guys. We love that you're here. We hope that you will continue to participate in this new podcasting format. I hope it grows, expands. Um, drop us a line on social media, anywhere you can find us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're all over the places, all over the things. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you're feeling. Let us know anything, really. We're always excited to speak with you. Until next time, take care, guys. Bye-bye.